Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through your fellowship profile on the Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message. Good morning, church family. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Can I get a show of hands of anybody that feels like they are having to battle way too hard right now? Yeah. Guys, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. So you know what we do? We get in our fight stance. We get in our fight stance and we praise and we pray and we thank God for who he is. We thank God for what he's doing. I had a meltdown last night and said, Jesus, I'm at the end of my rope and I need you to step in. And he said, I got you. I got you, I am stepping in. So that's what we cling to this morning, church family. We cling to the promise that when we are at the end of our rope, God steps in and he takes over on our behalf. And we will not have fear in the process because God's got us. Come on, let's pray.
many good things in life. There are many things. There's good food, there's good times, there's good views, but none as good as God. And the difference between those good things and the God things in life is the God things will never let us down. That no matter what, no matter what we go through, we can put our faith, we can put our hope in good things, but if we don't put our faith in God things, sooner or later, those things will let us down. God, you are good, but that doesn't seem like enough. You're better. The good things in life, you're better than those things. You're perfect in every way. And God, we thank you that we serve you. God, we look to you for everything because you will never let us down. God, we don't put our faith in the good things. We're gonna put our faith in the God things, the, the maker, the creator, the provider, the comforter, the perfect, everlasting, never changing God of the universe. That is who we put our faith in because that is who will never let us down. And we thank you for it. And it's in Jesus name. And everyone said, amen. All right, everyone, go ahead and take a seat. God bless you guys. If you are joining with us online, we're so glad you chose to choose to uh, watch us online wherever you are. I know that you are all over the United States. We have people in uh, the East Coast and in the South, everywhere. So we're so glad that you chose to join us. If this is your first time viewing uh, our service online, we do have a link in our description that says first time. That if you comment first time, also one of our uh, prayer counselors who are, are on the online chats will also get you any information that you need to know. If there's any first timers in the room also, we would love to let you know that we have some information for you. If you go to our information booth in the middle of our lobby there, um, let us know um, that it is your first time. We'd love to get you some inf information about our church uh, and what's going on here. We do have some really cool things, exciting things that are going to be coming up very soon. So if this is your first time here, thank you so much. We'd love to uh, get a record of you being here, introduce ourselves, give you a little bit more information about ourselves, so thank you so much. So uh, as I was thinking, as we're getting ready to give, also there's many ways you can give. Um, we aren't passing the buckets like normal just because of um, the social distancing rules and all of those things, but there are other ways to give. You can give uh, by mail at, at the address. You can also give through your church center app, which is a fantastic way, um, giving online at fellowshipgj.com. If you're online, all of these links are in our description as well, and you can also text guide, uh, text give at that phone number. So, and if you did actually bring something, we do have the buckets outside that you can drop your uh, gift or your tithe on the way out. But this, uh, a verse that popped into my head, and it kind of actually relates very similar to what we were just praying about at the end of this last song, was um, the question of why money? Why does it seem like God is so interested in money? Why does it seem like when we come to a church, you know, the pastors up here are always uh, talking about money and we always do these tithes and offerings. And, and I, ask, I, I felt like I asked God that same question. God, why is, it, why is it always money? And then he brought to mind this verse and it's in 1 Timothy 6 and it's, and it's one of the most quoted verses it seems like, but it's also one of the most misquoted verses. But in 1 Timothy 6, it says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. And I think sometimes when we go, why is it always money? And, and Jesus said, that's why. 
That's why. Because the love of money, the desiring of it, the, 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 the worship of it is the root of all kinds of evil in our lives. And God is saying, I'm, it's, it's about money because I'm, I'm doing this to protect you. I'm, I'm saying, hey, show me that, that money is not your God. Show me that you are not, that the love of money is not something that is a, tr- a struggle with you because if it is, then that's a road to all kinds of evil. But if you trust me, if you trust me, if you give your 10%, if you give over and above that, if you have a generous heart, then, the, then you can avoid all of those types of things in your life. And so when we think about it that way, is it's, it's almost a preventative measure in our minds. When we give our tithes and offering, it is a preventative measure for us in our hearts. It fixes our hearts and it prevents us from, from struggling with the love of money and it prevents us from going down roads that the Bible says there's all kinds of evil. And so I just wanna pray a protection over our church family online and here that, 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 that those root, that this is the root of all kinds of evil, that we be protected from that, that, that our hearts would be in the right place in this moment. So let's pray. Father God, Thank you. Thank you that um, you've given us everything that we have, that you are the provider of all of those things, God. And when you ask for money and our, and our, and our guts get a little like tight and, and we start to feel a little bit uncomfortable in that moment, God, we, we have to understand, Father, that it's not from you, God, that you are doing this to protect us, that you are saying that you are the one that we should love. You are the one that we should worship. And that brings life. That brings blessing. That brings favor. That brings provision. But the love of money is the beginning of all kinds of evil. And we don't want that, Father. And so we thank you for this opportunity, Father God, to choose you. To choose you as our one and only, our worshiper, the, the one true God in our life. And we thank you for that. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. God bless you guys as you give. And then check out our announcements of what's going on at church. Good morning, Fellowship Church. We are so glad that you are here this morning, whether you're watching here in church or if you are at your home being all comfy on your sofa, we're so glad that you are here. We have such an incredible service planned for you guys today. Before we get to all of that, I wanted to take this opportunity to give you some information about some really incredible things happening here around Fellowship Church for the next couple months. First thing is the course Pastor Tim has taught a couple times in the past, and this is called Science. Now, many people are wondering, are we in the end times? With current circumstances, it seems like that's probably a pretty good chance that we are. And Pastor Tim takes these questions and he answers them in a very practical way. And he loves to answer our questions about what is end times going to look like? What's it going to look like when Jesus comes back? What are what time frame are we working with? And so if you are interested in answering any of these questions that you've thought about, please take this course. I had the opportunity to take it. It was so incredible, so eye-opening. I highly recommend it. It takes place uh, Wednesday starting August 12th at 6.30 p.m. here at the church. And so you can sign up at your church center app. They're also selling workbooks here at the bookstore. And this is just updated information since the last time we taught it. So please take it if you're interested, you're gonna love it. We have an awesome opportunity to volunteer all across um, the church, but specifically I'm gonna talk about children's ministry areas because this is kind of where my heart is. This is my favorite part. Um, so we have on Sundays, we have the opportunity to volunteer with nursery kids um, that are ages zero all the way up through first grade. And then we also have kids church, which is my personal favorite. And that's second through fifth grade. So both of these areas happen every single Sunday in the nine and the 11 o'clock service. So you can do whichever service you have a preference for, but you just get to love on kids, teach them about Jesus. They say really funny things that you can tell in interesting stories if you'd like to. Um, but really it's just so much fun. I've done this 
for years and it's my favorite part of every week just working with these kids um, and teaching them about the most important thing which is Jesus. So if you would like to do that, be in a nursery classroom or in kids church, we would love to have you. All you have to do is go to the information counter. They have plenty of applications for you there um, and you just fill out an application and we will give you a call as soon as we can and get you in a classroom working with those kids. Youth Ministry, or 4640, is also looking for more volunteers. And this is every single Wednesday night starting at 6 and going till around 8.30. And this is working for our middle school students who need so much love and support. You guys remember middle school is a really tough time. And so we need people to just come love on them, teach them about Jesus again. But also you get to hang out with them and just make them feel so special. So if you are interested in doing that, you can sign up again at the information counter. You just fill out an application and we'll be giving you a call. You get to run elements. You get to be a part of the service. Sometimes we get to pull you into games or different things like that. It is so much fun and we'd love you to take part in that as well. Many people have been asking when we're gonna start back up classes again, and the answer is very soon. Taking place August 9th, we're gonna have two brand new classes that are starting. The first one is Life's Healing Choices, and this is helpful to anyone that has recently experienced some trauma or is just going through something hard. We also have Rooted, and this is a great class for anyone who is just brand new to the church and wants to learn a little bit about who we are, who Jesus is, and get connected. So again, check out the Church Center app. Times and information is on there, and that's where you can get signed up. Well, everyone, we have an awesome service plan for you guys. I'm so excited for Pastor Dan's message. Let's go ahead and check it out.
If you believe our God is in the business of raising dead things back to life, let's give him another shot of praise. I love this song because I believe that it's a declaration of the fact that we recognize our God can bring dead things back to life. That those things in your area, the areas of your life that you thought were dead and gone, where passion has died, where love has died, where, uh, where there was dreams that had died, our God can speak one word and bring it back to life. And there are some of you in this room and some of you watching online, I wanna welcome you and thank you for watching with us right now that have um, experienced parts of your heart that you feel like, you know, that part of me has died. That part of me has been broken. That part of me has been wounded. Well, our God is in the business of bringing dead things back to life. And we've been in this series called um, When Your Heart Comes Under Attack because the enemy is after your heart. He's after your heart. And I wanna continue this today and I, I wanna just uh, invite you right now to take this opportunity um, to invite your friends to watch with you. Give them a text, give them a call right now and to tell them to get online with you and watch with you because I believe God wants to speak into your heart today um, as we get in this word and as we continue this series on our hearts coming under attack. Because don't you know the enemy is trying to get your heart? It's like we come under attack in so many different ways and we, we think, man, like, like, like the devil's trying to get my car, the devil's trying to get my job, the devil's trying to get my kids. And I always hear everybody blames everything on the devil all the time for everything. It's like, it's like the, 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 my, tr my car ran out of gas because the devil's mad at me. It's like, whatever, you forgot to gas your car up, right? It's like, but you go through struggles in life because what the devil is really after, he's not after your car. He, he's not after your job. What he's after is he's after your heart. That's why in Proverbs we see um, uh, that the writer of Proverbs said, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So today we're gonna continue this series when, when your heart comes under attack with, with part three, dropping doubt. Dropping doubt. I want to thank uh, those of you who have been praying for my family this last week. I do want to just give you a quick update. Uh, those of you that watched last week, you knew that my daughter uh, was in the hospital. She uh, went through surgery, and I just want to let you know uh, she's home recovering uh, well right now. We just thank you for that. We want to ask for your continued prayers. Um, we're seeing. We're seeing God's blessings and his faithfulness in our, in our family uh, as we walk through this together. So I wanna thank you for that. But uh, I wanna just pray right now, if you would, before we dive into this, and, um, and let's just ask God to speak to us because what we don't need is another talking head just up here. You don't need Dan's opinions. What we all need is to hear from God. So um, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now in Jesus' name, and we ask for your presence right now to speak to us that we pray that we would see Jesus right now, that we would understand you more, understand your love for us more, and um, that you would help us today, God, um, as we get into your word, that it wouldn't be my opinion, that it wouldn't be our own opinions that get in the way, but God, you, you would break us free from all of that, and we would hear your word and your truth for each of us today, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said... Amen. I want to dive into Mark chapter 9, and this is a, a great story we see in Scripture. And I'm only going to highlight a couple of verses. I'm going to reference uh, a lot of the story, but um, I'm only going to highlight a couple of verses. But we see a man um, has a problem. 
His heart is coming under attack in Mark chapter 9. And this is where we're going to pick it up here in verse 19. This is Jesus speaking. He says, you unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. And when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell on the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It's often thrown him into the fire or the water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, Jesus replied, he said, If you can do anything, everything is possible for one who believes. And immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. What an interesting statement. Today we're taking this uh, Attacks on the Heart series into part three, Dropping Doubt, dropping doubt. You know, Solomon, King Solomon is responsible for one of the most profound phrases uh, in scripture we see in Ecclesiastes chapter three. He says, there is a time for everything, a season for every activity under the sun. He goes on and talks about the fact that there is a time to be born and there's a time to die. There's a time to plant and there's a time to harvest. There's a time to cry and there's a time to celebrate. That there, there are times for everything under the sun. You could basically paraphrase chapter Chapter three of Ecclesiastes to say there, there, there's a time for things to begin and there's a time for things to end. And in our culture, we celebrate so much beginnings. Everyone's always into the new beginning, the new, the new fad, the new clothing, the new workout plan, the new diet, right? You always got someone who's talking about the new thing they're starting. But so often, we don't pay attention to the fact that the Bible tells us not only should things be beginning in our life, things also have to end in our lives. That there are certain things that that Dr. Henry Cloud would, would say are necessary endings. You, in, in his book, he basically says, you cannot have beautiful beginnings if you are unwilling to make hard endings. Dan, what are you saying? I'm saying that there are certain things that will not end themselves. There are certain issues that deal with in life that are not gonna just go away on their own, that you have to be intentional about them, that you, you, you have to be active, you have to, to be assertive and take action, And because we, we have things that we bring before God and say, God, when are you gonna take this from me? And, and, and he says, when you, when you drop it. He said, God, when will this ever end? And he says, when you end it, because do you recognize that God has given us the power to end things? That we have the power of choice, the power of free will, the power of control in our lives where, where, where we know he's given us self-discipline and self-control. And he's given us the power where he said, listen, uh, it, you've been asking and praying, God, when will this end? When will this doubt end? When will this discouragement end? When will this sorrow end? And he's saying, when will you end it? You gotta drop it. You know, drop it. What what am I talking about today? I'm talking about the fact that there are so many things that are thrown at us in life that we grab onto that stand in the way of our relationship with Jesus. And anything that stands in the way of your walk with Jesus needs to be dropped. And specifically today, I'm talking about dropping doubt. Dropping doubt. 
It's time to drop it. In fact, turn to the person next to you and tell them, it's time to drop it. It's time to drop it. It's time to, I know you're spread out a little bit, so with the, the social distancing stuff and all that, maybe try it a little bit louder so they can hear you. Do it one more time. Say, it's try, time to drop it. It's time to drop it. See, doubt is one of the ways that the enemy attacks your heart. And see, we need to understand going into this that doubt is not evil. Doubt is not denial. Doubt is simply uncertainty. It, it's a human emotion. It's, it's something that we experience because uh, we, we wrestle with things. I mean, we, we, we wrestle with understanding and everyone is gonna wrestle with doubt. The question is not do we have doubt. It, the question is does doubt have you? It's like because we're all going to experience it from time to time and this is why we need to understand uh, why the enemy attacks us with doubt is because doubt unchecked can lead to discouragement. If doubt goes unchecked, it will lead to discouragement. And that is something that we need to understand. Why is the enemy trying to attack the followers of God with doubt? Why is he attacking your heart with doubt? It's because if he can get you to embrace doubt and leave it unchecked long enough, you will get to a point where you will start to become discouraged. And when you are discouraged, you then will lose passion for things and you will lose passion for your hopes and your dreams. And you, it, it can sap your strength where you don't even wanna get out of bed and not even go back to doing the things you know you need to be doing and the things that you know are right. It's like it can take the strength away to where it takes your joy out of your day. All because, why, why? Because the enemy is attacking you with doubt because he's trying to discourage you. It's an attack on the heart. And I, I love this story in Mark chapter nine because this story in Mark nine is a beautiful example of a man whose heart was under attack and it was under the attack of doubt. Because this man who had a son that we, we learned from this chapter, this son had a demon. It was a spiritual issue. Uh, so he, he thought, it's a spiritual issue, it needs a spiritual answer. I need to go be around some spiritual people. So he decides, I'm gonna bring my boy to Jesus. And, 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 and when the, we finally get to the part of the story where the boy ends up in front of Jesus, the demon that was inside of the boy sees Jesus, and the Bible says that the boy then, it throws him on the ground. He starts convulsing, he starts foaming at the mouth. The, the rest of the chapter tells us as well that what happens to the boy as well is that he goes deaf. He can't hear when the demon attacks him. So we need to understand something, that what is happening to the boy here is a picture of what happens to you and I when we deal with doubt. That do you not recognize that the demon grabbed a hold of the boy and threw the boy on the ground? And that's exactly what doubt can do to you. That you can be just going through your day and everything's great, everything's fine, and all of a sudden doubt will hit you and you'll stop trusting God and you feel like you just get thrown on the ground. And it's like, I was good, I was happy. Any of you, have you, have you ever felt that before? Is it just me where I'm going like, 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 I know there are days that I'm going through my day and I'm so excited about the things that God could do and the things that are happening in my life. And then all of a sudden I'm struck with doubt and it's like, boom, I got tripped and I'm flat on my face trying to pick myself up again. The Bible also says that the boy would begin to foam at the mouth. Well, if you're foaming at the mouth, you can't speak. It, it messes with your speech. See, doubt can affect your ability to speak. Doubt can affect your ability to speak the right things. 
It might not be that you're just not speaking. Maybe you're not speaking the right thing. So instead of coming in agreement with what God would say over your life and speaking truth over your life, you start speaking negativity and you start speaking from a place of doubt. It can mess with your speech. It also said that the boy was, would go deaf when he was under this attack. So doubt can cause you actually to become deaf to things. What? It can be like a set of earplugs where we're not listening to the voice of God anymore. Where doubt can rise up in a way to where you're, you're not hearing God's word for you anymore. You're not listening to it because instead what we choose to do is doubt will lead us into listening to the world, uh, to the devil, or to our own flesh. We have three enemies, the world, the devil, and the flesh. And we need to know that they, they are screaming at us to try to get us to not trust God, to try to get us to do things the world's way. And, and, and if, we're, if we're struggling with doubt, if we let it go unchecked, we find ourselves in a place where we're not even hearing from God anymore. And this man, his story shows us a picture of what happens when you and I struggle with doubt. And I love this story because he's honest. Uh, I, I love his story because he's in a place where he just decides, you know what, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest about the fact that I don't know what to do. And in fact, we see that even the disciples didn't know what to do. Because the Bible tells us that he brought the boy to the disciples and the disciples did everything they knew how to do, and they prayed over him and laid hands on him, did all the stuff they did. He, they did all of that, and, and it wasn't working, so they're like, I don't know, don't know what to do. And they brought him to Jesus like, we tried, we don't know what to do. And there's a powerful principle that you and I need to take from this. And I can tell you, this can free any control freaks in this room. Any, if there's anyone that struggles like me where you feel like you need to have the answer and you need to be in control, there's a principle here that can free you and take some stress out of your life. And it's this, when you don't know what to do, practice saying these words. I don't know. In fact, just say it as an exercise right now. Take a big deep breath in and exhale. I don't know. For some of us, it feels so awkward, it feels wrong. We're like, we feel like we're letting people down, right? If you came to me wanting an answer, I need to help, I need to fix. Where many times, we don't recognize it, but when we try to be the answer, when we don't have the answer, what we're doing is we're standing in the way of that person getting to the answer. So the disciples, instead of saying, instead of standing in the way of letting this boy get to the answer, what we know is that the answer is Jesus. He's gotta get to Jesus, so let's get the boy to Jesus. And they brought him to Jesus. So it, it, it takes so much pressure off of us control freaks if you can just get to the point where you're okay in life to recognize that you are not the savior, you are not God, you are not omniscient, and you can just be okay with going, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I wanna know, but I don't know. And we see the disciples like, listen, like we don't know what to do, so here, here's this dad, and he brought his boy and brings him to Jesus, and, and this, this man, he was struggling with doubt, and, and we all struggle with doubt. We all struggle, because doubt doesn't mean that you don't believe, doubt is simply just uncertainty. It, 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 I wonder, have, has anyone in here felt the way that this man has felt or really felt the way that I feel sometimes where you feel like you're living in two worlds? 
It's like in, in one world, you're standing in the fact that, that, that God, I believe you. And on the other hand, you're like, but, but I'm uncertain if you're gonna do anything about it. It's like, I, I believe you could heal me, but, but I, I, I don't know if you will. And see, it's a struggle, and I think a lot of us as Christ followers, we, we feel like, we almost feel ashamed of the fact that like, we have doubt that will rise up in us because uh, th- this man is asking the question, if you can do anything, and it's like we think if I'm a believer, I should know God could do everything, so we stand firm, we stand strong. I, can, I believe God, I'm gonna just power through this. It's like, I trust God, I trust God, I trust God. And we never come to the realization that we're struggling and we're stuck because we have our foot in two different worlds where where on one hand, I trust that God can do anything. On the other hand, I don't know if he will. Is anyone in here that has ever felt like you've been in that world? And, and we wonder, oh, if God is good, if he's saved me, if he's redeemed me, if he's forgiven me, why do I feel this way? Why do I struggle this way? Well, it's in human nature, something that we all wrestle with and I love the fact that this man he was just honest he's like God I I believe you but help me with my unbelief I think if you're just reading through scripture real fast and you read that it, it, it can it's it's confusing you're like what what do you believe him or not it's like I, I, I believe but help me with my unbelief I, I'm, I'm so confused by this sentence but we see that this man, he was just going, I've gotta be honest, because I don't know what else to do. The truth has to come out right now, because I don't know what else to do. So God, uh, I don't know if you can do anything. I don't know if you will do anything. So pastor, what would you say? What, 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 what do we do then if we're struggling with doubt? What do, how, how do we drop doubt? Because I see three keys in this text that, that will help each of us to be able to drop doubt because it's time to let go of things. It's time of the necessary ending of drawing a line in the sand, saying the buck stops here, no more doubt. There's gonna be no more generational curse. There's gonna be no more um, uh, struggle in this area. The buck stops here. I'm gonna leave this in the past because it's time for me to see what God wants to do. It's time for a breakup with doubt. It's time, like, and don't you know that, that doubt will break up like a man will? Because men and women break up differently. I don't know if you're aware of that. But like a woman, if she breaks up with you, it's over, it's gone, right? But a man, he'll leave you, and then like two years later, he'll call you up, you'll be like, hey, what's up? How you doing? Like, what do you mean, what's up? It's like, call someone else. You know, like, I, forget that. See, doubt will, doubt will leave you. And then it, you'll think you've got it under control. You'll think, okay, now I'm trusting. I, I, I'm, I'm in a good place now. And then all of a sudden it shows up right back up on your doorstep again, knocking with a bouquet of flowers going, just let me in. I just, I just need to talk to you. And it's time for us to slam the door in the face of doubt. How do you drop doubt? Three things. Number one, we see that this man acknowledged it. He had to acknowledge that he had doubt. He acknowledged it. I mean, God, I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. And see, what happens is so many of us, we struggle with doubt in our lives because we never are honest with ourselves or honest with our our God of what's really going on in our heart. 
And last week we talked about the fact that, that David wept before the Lord. He was honest with his emotions before God. He, he got to a point where he's like, you already know what's going on in my heart, God. So I've just got to be clear with you. I've got to be honest and tell you that, that this, this is what's going on with me. So, so would you fix me? And guys, we've got to get to the point where we stop the denial game and we start just acknowledging, okay, I am doubting. I, I, I do believe that God could fix my marriage but I don't know if he will. I do believe that God could heal me, but I don't know if he will. I do believe that God could give me that job, but I don't know if he will. So I wonder, will you be honest enough to, with God to just go to him and say, God, I'm uncertain right now. I, I'm gonna acknowledge it before you, because you already know anyways. Because when we play this game with God, it, it's like a kid who, who's stolen a cookie from the cookie jar and he's got chocolate all over his face and it's like, like, did you eat the cookie? And you're like, no, no, I didn't. We already know the truth, right? And when we play this game with God, we're like, no, God, I'm good, I trust you. He's like, I already know what's in your heart. I already know you're struggling. When are we gonna talk about that? Can we talk about the fact that, that, that you're uncertain right now? Can we talk about the fact that I wanna protect you not from trouble, but I wanna protect you in trouble? That, that, did you catch that? That, that, that? that walking with God, he's going to be our protector, but that doesn't mean that you're not gonna go through trouble. It means when you do go through trouble, he will be right there with you in those times of trouble. So we have to acknowledge it. How, how do you drop doubt? The first key is you acknowledge that it exists. The second key is that you have to find the origin of doubt. Where did this doubt come from? Do you know where this man's doubt came from? Because it's one thing to know that doubt exists. It's a whole different thing to know where it came from. This man's doubt came from disappointment from his past. He got his hopes up and he got disappointed. Because he thought, he's like, I'm gonna gather up my faith and I'm gonna gather up my strength and I'm gonna believe that God can fix this problem. I'm gonna believe that, that if I take this spiritual problem to, to the almighty God, to get around his kids, get around spiritual people, that it can fix. So he builds up his faith and he goes and he brings his, his son to the disciples of Jesus and he's heard about all the good stuff. The people at that church, they're getting healed. People at that church, their marriages are getting fixed. People at that church, their lives are turning around. People at that church are getting their joy back and their peace back. So it's like, I wanna go be there. And he goes and he brings his son and they're doing all the things they do and I don't know what it looked like. He might have been like laying hands on the girl. In the name of Jesus, like come out of him, you foul spirit, and doing all the stuff they did, blowing on him in the face or you know, whatever they do, you know. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, and it's not working. It's not working. And could you imagine? He's like, I've seen Jesus heal other people. I, I've seen Jesus like, like cast demons out of other people. I've seen Jesus fix other people. I've seen P Jesus get other people out of addictions. I've seen other people come out of depression. I've seen Jesus lift people up out of the mud before. And it's like he went and he tried. And he's like he did what he, what he thought he could do. He's like I brought my son to, to the disciples and now it didn't work and I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. But you can't ever let your disappointment from the past discourage you from the plans that God has for your future. 
Because then they bring the boy to Jesus. And see, what can happen so many times if we don't recognize the origin of where our disappointment, our discouragement, and our doubt comes from is we, what we will do is we will start looking at the disappointments from our past and start writing the next chapter of our life and saying, since I was disappointed in the past, I'm gonna be disappointed in the future. And we start trying to put a period where God wants to put a comma, where, where, where God is saying, no, don't, don't stop here because if you just let the disappointment from your past stop you, then you won't get the blessing that I have for you in the future. What if Peter would have had let the disappointment of him fishing all night long and not catching the fish stop him from listening to the word of Jesus? Because Jesus said, I want you to cast your net out again one more time on the other side of the boat. He's like, I already tried this. I already did this before. I've been out here working. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm the fisherman here. I, I, I've been doing this. But he's, he could have taken the disappointments from his past and said that's the way it's always gonna be. But he instead decided I'm gonna listen to Jesus' words. And, and now all of a sudden he's got flooded in with fish, flooded in with so much blessing. And there's some of you that are like, I've already tried that. I've already, I've already prayed. I've already gone before God. And I'm, t- I'm here to tell you that you can't let disappointments from your past stop you from pursuing the, the hopes and the dreams and the plans that God has for you in the future. So I'm here to tell you, do it one more time. Pray one more time. Apply for that job one more time. Like, like, try to fix your relationship with that person one more time. Go back and, and, and trust God with your money one more time. Go back and ask God to rescue you one more time because if your timing is not lined up right when you start in the beginning, it doesn't mean that God doesn't have hopes and plans for your future for now. So do it one more time. How do you drop doubt? Number one, you have to acknowledge that it exists. Number two, you have to, uh, to find out the origin of your doubt, identify the origin of doubt. And then number three, we see that in this chapter, they executed an eviction. They executed an eviction. And, and the thing is, uh, people would use different words in this because, I mean, they casted a demon out so the people would say things like, you know, they, they executed a, an exorcism or a, a deliverance or something. But I don't believe that doubt itself is a demon. I believe that it is a, a wrestling match that you and I go through in our human nature and in our flesh. So it, what it's, it is is something that we have to decide what we're gonna do is I'm gonna put an eviction notice on this doubt problem that I have in my life. Well, that sounds so easy and simplistic to do, Pastor. How do you do that? How do you do that? Well, we see that you defeat doubt the same way you defeat fear, and that's not with might. Not by just powering up and saying, I'm gonna be stronger. That's Zechariah 4, 6. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You, you, defeat, you defeat doubt and you drop doubt with revelation. So how do you do that? Well, this is one of the only times we see in scripture that God tells us we should look backwards in life is when he's telling us to look backwards at his faithfulness to how good he is to us. So what do you do to evict the doubt from your mind? 
when you're struggling with doubt in that wrestling match is you look at the track record that God has with his people and you look at the track record that God has with you. That all throughout the Old Testament, God would tell people to build memorials and have festivals so that we would take time to remember that he's good and that he always comes through. When the children of Israel passed through the Jordan River, God said, I want you to take 12 stones from the middle of the river. They took those 12 stones and they built a memorial on the other side of the river so that generation after generation, when the kids would come around and look at the stones, they said, why are these stones here? The people would say, because God brought us into the promise that he said he was gonna bring us into. And when it looked like it was impossible, he came through for us. And, he's, and God tells us, I want you to do festivals, like, like I want you to do uh, the Passover feast, the Passover meal, so that you remember when, when, when God's wrath was turned against Egypt and everyone in Egypt, he passed over his children who had blood sprinkled over the door, the blood of the lamb sprinkled over the door. He said, I want you to remember that I always come through. So how do you evict doubt from your life? It, it, you, you look at how God has already come through for you. And so many of you, if you take an honest assessment of your life, you would, you would go, you know what? I should have died in that car accident. My marriage should have fallen apart. Uh, I should have lost that job. I should have lost this dream. I should have been a wreck. I, I should be, be stuck right now. I should be an addict right now. I should have fallen. And, and, and we look at these different things in our life and we should have, but he rescued me anyways. And you're like, I, I, was, I was in that place where I was stuck in the mud and I was begging for rescue. And you know what? It, he didn't do it exactly the way I wanted him to, but he rescued me anyways. And when you look at the fact that your God always comes through, then you ask yourself the question, what is illogical? Is faith illogical or is doubt illogical? Because if our God always comes through and we take an honest assessment of our life, then we can build an eviction notice of going, no, 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 no. If, if God always comes through for me, I am not going to listen to the voice of doubt. I'm gonna evict this, I'm gonna drop this now, and I'm just gonna trust him because if he's faithful, I'm gonna lean into what he wants for my life. If he's faithful, I want to see what his plans are for my future. I'm not going to be held by doubt anymore. And I'm telling you, church family, the reason that you have been struggling with doubt is because the enemy's after your heart. He wants to get you to a place where you no longer trust the words of God. You no longer trust the timing of God. You no longer trust that, that he's in control. But we see that every time, every time, the track record is every time that we get our situation honestly before Jesus. Jesus will meet us right where we are and he'll rescue you right where you are. And I don't know exactly what that looks like because sometimes his rescue for you doesn't look the way that you planned. But he'll meet you right where you are. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as your kids before you right now, we, we thank you for your love. And we pray right now that you would help us in our doubt. Because, God, we're just going to be honest with you right now. You already know our hearts and you know that we believe you. But, God, we still struggle with uncertainty. So we recognize that's because of our disappointments from the past. And we pray that right now, God, you would help us to evict 
doubt from our lives by looking at your faithfulness, by looking at the fact that you always come through, you're always good, you always have a plan for us. So God, we choose to trust you. And I pray right now for the grace that by the power of the Holy Spirit, the grace of God would be on us so that we could trust you no matter what you're telling us to do. I pray that you'd help us to protect our hearts because out of it flows everything we do in our lives. So God, I pray you bless our church. Help us to leave this place, to leave our homes today looking more like you, loving more like you, living more like you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give our God a shout of praise. Well, church family, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for joining with us online. I want to ask you to click the share link uh, and share this with your friends. Make sure that you encourage people, invite people uh, to come to our church and to watch with us online. Thank you so much for joining with us today. Love you. Can't wait to see you in person. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you've not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. You can repeat after me, Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us here at the church at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this is your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click the first time link located in the description below the video. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m.